Ladies and gentlemen, attention everyone. Welcome to No Picks After Dark. It's your boy Nick Burke, and you are now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world with Aaron Dante, giving you the hottest interviews with the dopest people, sharing their experiences from your neighborhood all around to the world. Voted Best Baltimore Podcast by you, the listeners. Now, your host, Aaron Dante. Yo, Aaron, talk to him. Welcome to the No Picks After Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we are wrapping up Women's History Month with a bang. I want to thank all the previous guests who have been on the show this month and all the previous women that have been on the show this year and last year. And just really want to celebrate women and all the contributions you guys have done in society. Thank you so much. And we're starting off the episode with Mr. Gary O'Neill Jr. He is a host of C-Plan Do Show, and he's also the co-founder of the Charm C Collective Media. What's going on, Mr. Gary? How are you doing today? Thank you for having me, Aaron. And this is your No Picks After Dark motivational moment. So as a life coach, a business coach, relationship coach, etc., I like to highlight and tell people about one simple mantra that I always talk about. See, plan, and do. All right? So the first thing is going to be seeing what you want to do. All right? You have to envision what it is that you want. So take a moment. And close your eyes, if, of course, if you're not driving. <laughs> and think to yourself, what is it that I envision? What do I want? All right. You have to be able to see it. You have to be able to see it. Not only see it, imagine it. Use your imagination to be able to think about this thoroughly. The next thing is plan. Failing to plan is planning to fail. And so after you've envisioned what you want, Now we need to go right into planning it. How do I get what I want? And this is where you start utilizing those resources, those services. How do I get, again, how do I get what I want? And as you plan, you'll start preparing. And as you're preparing, you'll make sure that you get exactly what you want. You have to plan. All right. And the last thing is going to be doing. I'm pretty sure there's a a popular shoe store, shoe company that says, just do it. And they're right. All right. Uh, Too many times there are a lot of dead squirrels in a row because they didn't make up one decision one way or the other. And so all I offer you, all I ask of you is to do it. Once you saw what you wanted, regardless of what it is, let's say that you see, Hey, I need to lose weight or Hey, I need to get into my career or I need to get out of a toxic relationship, plan it out. What does that look like to you? What resources, what services can I, I bring to the table? What, what, what is at my availability? And then we just do it. That is when we are actually putting things in motion. And just like a movie, uh, just like a movie, when they hit that, that board, it says action. You have to start too many sharks. There are a lot of different sharks that they have to keep swimming or they'll die. And I want to offer that to you with your goals. If you don't keep going towards your goals, if you don't take time out of your day, out of your week, out of your month to to focus on your goals, they will die. All right. And that is your no picks after dark motivational minute. See, plan, do. I am professional life coach Gary O'Neill. You can catch me on all social media platforms as well as check out my C plan do show podcast on all those streaming, um, all those streaming platforms and you can always check out my website at cplandoshow.com. 
Thank you so much, Aaron. Visit your neighborhood sanctuary and do wellness for a luxurious experience for everybody. Treat yourself and a loved one with a massage, facial, or an entire day of pampering with our deluxe spa day packages that include lunch from the restaurant next door, fire and rice. For more information on booking or purchasing gift cards, visit their website at andowellness.com or call at 443-438-4048. They look forward to welcoming you and your loved ones to their beautiful new space at Soha Union, located at 4801 Harper Road, Suite 1. Ms. Natasha Axelrod's Legal Bennett. Thank you, Aaron. This week on the Legal Minute, let's talk Gideon versus Wainwright. This is a 1963 Supreme Court decision that held the Sixth Amendment right to counsel also applied to criminal defendants in state courts. Prior to this decision, the Sixth Amendment right to assistance of counsel only applied to the federal government. So this was a really important Supreme Court decision. And of course, the right to counsel and really the right to effective assistance of counsel is essential to a fair trial and an incredibly important part of our constitutional government. That's this week's Legal Minute. At Fishnet, every plate served starts with the freshest, high-quality fish sourced from local waters whenever possible. You get fine dining excellence delivered in a cozy, unpretentious, fast casual setting. Delicious does not even begin to describe it. Everything I've tried is made from scratch and incredible. The best fish I've ever had. Check them out for lunch or dinner at Mount Vernon Marketplace. Get caught in the fish net. You'll be glad you did. Menu and details at eatfishnet.com. And folks, we are back at the No Picks of Dark podcast. And uh, we have Mr. Nick Burr, CEO of MPO Motivational Purposes, and also a member of the Charm City Collective Media. And he's going to give us some drops and jewels and gems for us for the tip of the day. What you got for me, Mr. Nick? Hey, what's going on out there? And uh, and thanks for having me here on the No Picks After Dark. My tip of the day is lighting. You know, um, you start there. If you don't have good lighting, then the picture's going to be bad. So my advice to you guys out there is whenever you want to get that right angle or zoom in and zoom out, just make sure your lighting is right. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I got. I appreciate that. I mean, I, what about, because I always tell the people, these really get all these expensive cameras and begin. Oh, yeah, but, but, you, but you, mean, like, you can buy everything, but... If your lighting's not right, then it's no go. You know what I mean? That million dollar camera could cost ten dollars if the lighting's not right. So yeah, my advice is make sure you get good lighting first, and then look onto the camera. I appreciate that. Where can we find you on social media? Um, you can find me in two spots uh, at Nick Burr underscore MPO and at MPO Productions. Man, come through, like a couple pictures, share, let let everybody know what I got going on. I appreciate it. All right, folks, and uh, we'll be right back after these messages. The No Picks After Dark podcast is proudly sponsored by Maggie's Farm. Located at 4341 Hartford Road, Maggie's Farm offers a unique dining experience with delicious handcrafted cocktails and mouth-awarding cuisine from falafel to scallops and everyone's favorite honey sriracha cauliflower wings. Open for dinner from 4 p.m. until 10 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday and serving brunch Saturday 11 a.m. to 3 p.m and Sunday from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. with delectable chicken and waffles, shrimp and grits, biscuits and gravy, and more. Check out Maggie's Farm on Instagram and Facebook for daily and weekly food specials as well. 
What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Him and hers, them and theirs, outstanding people. No picks out the dark. Aaron, Dante, what's going on, brother? How are you doing today, sir? Hope all is well, Mr. Ivan. Ivan, man, let's go. Outstanding, outstanding, man. Well, first of all, let's get it started by reminding people we are still celebrating Women's Month. And I want to give a big shout out to Chloe Zhao for making history, being the first Asian woman to win Best Director. And we do understand what the Asian community has been going through lately. Thoughts and prayers goes out to them, most definitely. We see you, we stand with you, and we recognize you, okay? Further things, you do know, just a little history for you, you do know that there was a Women's Day. It started in 1909, and then it went to Women's Week in 1978, and then in 1987, not too long ago, it became Women's Month. So, that is some good traction and progress there for the women, and I look forward to celebrating Women's Year with you one year. Wouldn't that be outstanding, you know? And just as a little reminder, if you're thinking about a, a something nice to do for a woman, for Women's Month or something like that, I told you all earlier, leave her the hell alone. She's doing great. Now, if she asks you for help, try your best. Other than that, stay out of her way, because she's doing great things these days, you know what I'm saying? So, shots out, and once again... Happy Women's Month. We only got a few more days to celebrate, so please be sure to go out there and do so. So with just a little comedy and laughter, you know, I was thinking the other day, I understand that uh, defunding the police is something that a lot of people are torn upon, you know what I mean? Some communities feel one way, some communities feel another, some politicians feel one way, some politicians feel another. But I was thinking, that may be something that will never happen. But I do know there is a load of cash that is just sitting out there that belongs to the police department. And they should give that back to the people. So that's not necessarily defunding. And you wonder what this money is. Well, think about it. We should all get together and come up with a publishing company and get royalty checks for every single time a siren is used in a hip-hop or a rap song. Think about it. Think about it now. You cannot make a banging album without even like an ambulance sound or something, you know? Just something to think on. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ivan Martin. Thank you for checking out No Picks Out the Dark. Aaron Dante, outstanding listeners, I love you, and I hope you have a great one. Peace and love. And where can we find you on social media? You can catch me on Instagram, Comedian Ivan Martin, and I go by that on Facebook as well. DM me, hit me up, and I will hit you back, and I'll follow you back too. So, hopefully you have a great one. Peace. No Picks After Dark podcast is sponsored by the Charm City Craft Mafia, Baltimore's best local craft fair, presenting Pile of Craft, a virtual craft show on the last Saturday of April, featuring handmade stationery, apparel, jewelry, ceramics, wall art, body care, small batch food gifts, and more. Crafted by makers in Baltimore and the region. Pile of Craft will be on April 24th 2021. For more information, please go to charmcitycraftmafia.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Charm City Craft Mafia. Welcome back, folks, to the No Picks After Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, you know, we I told you guys we're celebrating Women's History Month. And you know what? I'm going to bring it home. This is the last show of Women's History Month. I had to bring it home, folks. You know, a lot, a lot of things been going on in the world, but we want to celebrate and salute this group of people that I'm about to introduce. Okay, but this one person is going to be representing them right now today, and she's going to blow your socks away. I'm telling you guys, 
buckle your seatbelt. Please buckle your seatbelt. All right. Well, without further ado, Dr. Ringgold from the Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. How are you doing today? I am doing well, Aaron. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here with you on No Picks After Dark podcast. Hey, I am great. I appreciate you taking time out your day to hang out with me just for a couple minutes and just really educate our audience because there's so many new things in the world. And a lot of my audience was like, Alpha Kappa, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, what's that? And it just became all <laughs> so big and popular because a certain somebody is now mm-hmm. the vice president of the United States, okay? And I said, what better way to bring it home? To bring Absolutely. Some- talk about this. And really get to get, get bring, bring us take us to church today. That's what I wanted to take us. Okay, to- well here we go. Well, first let me tell you a little bit about me. Um, I am um, a member of Epsilon Omega Chapter, which is the um, the first and the oldest graduate chapter in the North Atlantic region um, of Alpha Kappa Alpha, and that covers an area from Maine down to Washington D.C. So we have 12 states involved in the North Atlantic region, but I am on the International Program Committee. So I'm the North Atlantic region representative to the Program Committee, International Program Committee. And I'm also the North Atlantic region program chair. I just finished a four year um, tenure as the Epsilon Omega chapter um, president. And I'm really excited because this year, um, 2021, we celebrate, meaning Epsilon Omega, our centennial, 100 years. Now let's put that into perspective because Alpha Kappa Alpha is 113 years old. So our chapter has been around a very long time, since the very beginning. All the founders were still around when we came in. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So, so, oh yeah, we're, we're tough now. You, 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 man, you just got, you just got me sweating over here now. Off, <laughs> off the top, a hundred years. Congratulations on a hundred years this year for your chapter. That, that's amazing. Absolutely, that's- and I have to give a shout out to our Centennial Basilisk. Um, you know, uh, Lois D. Knight Harrison, and we have um, seven of our former ba- um, presidents still around, and that's great because we have all that knowledge base. That's one of the reasons I gravitated to Epsilon Omega because we have the history there and I wanna learn from that. And it it is so poignant that it's Women's History Month because this is an outstanding time to talk about Alpha Kappa Alpha and what we mean, not only to our Baltimore community, to the region, nationally, but internationally. Okay. We are awesome. Okay, okay. You you rolling right now, we rolling. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Tell me about yourself. Like, uh, what college did you attend? Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you, you know, professionally, and when did you encounter sororities and fraternities? Let's let's go down the line. Let's let's let's, let's get a timeline. Okay. Well, let me just tell you. Um, I'm from Charles County, Maryland, originally. Um, both sides of my family from Charles County, um, and that's um, Southern Maryland, about 20 miles south of Washington D.C. Now, most people know where Washington D.C. is, and if you go straight down 301 or 210 you'll hit it, okay? But I, I came from a small town called Pomfret. And most people, if they know where Pomfret is, that I immediately am drawn to them like a magnet because no one knows where it is unless they live there. <laughs> but um, I, I grew up with you know, a, a very tight-knit family. 
um, on, on both sides of my family, you know, maternal and paternal. Um, my father and mother, both educators. My, um, let me talk my great-grandparents. They were educators. My great-grandmother was the first African-American um, teacher in Charles County. And so from there, we have a lot of teachers, principals. Uh, my own profession for the last uh, 31 years, I've been in higher education. So most of them were in the K through 12 you know, realm, but I was in higher education. And just as a fun fact, my father was my high school principal. <laughs> yeah, that was different. Okay, we're just gonna leave that right there. Okay, so <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast, Aaron. But, but it, it was, you know, it was great, but it also taught me a lot of discipline. And when it was time to go to college for my brothers and I, um, it wasn't if you're going to college is where you're going. Mm. And for our family, my father went to University of Maryland Eastern Shore, okay, which is across the bridge. But for the most part, our family is a Morgan State University family. We are Morgan Knights through and through. So my mother went to Morgan. Um, my brothers went to Morgan. I did. All 13 of my other cousins went to Morgan because we're a tight family. So we got to stick together. So as each one came, we helped to show them the ropes of how to you know, navigate through college. In Baltimore, I told you we came from a small town. So Baltimore was like New York City to me. Mm. So you know, we had to learn how to navigate that environment. I was a little naive when I came, but I grew up fast. <laughs> but it was great. So my introduction to sororities and fraternities, it didn't start at college. I would say it started at birth. You know, I'm sure when I came back home from the hospital, I was put in a crib with pink and green sheets. Mm. And our room was pink and green. But my mother always talked about, you know, sororities and fraternities. Um, not really preferencing one over the other, but what they meant to society and why they were important. Because when she went to Morgan, uh, she graduated in 1960, but she went there in her later 50s. You know, civil rights was still at its height. She was doing sit-ins. And she would talk about how the sororities and fraternities on Morgan's campus would go and sit in. Not, you know, each one separately, but together. And that was some of the beauty. And that was one of the things I really liked about Morgan is that even though I was initiated into Alpha Kappa Alpha, my friends were also Deltas, they were Zetas, they were you know, Sigma Gamma Rho. All of the, the Greek organizations really got along well. And I know, you know a lot of you know, folks think that there's a lot of competition, well that's friendly you know, rivalry, but we really do come together for a common cause. And that's what's also great about the National Panhellenic Council. But um, getting back to the very beginning, one of the things I used to tell folks is that I knew the Greek alphabet before the um, English alphabet <laughs> because my mother would sing it as a song. So mm -hmm. we would sing it around, but we knew that. We, can, we went to homecomings. So we went to all the Morgan homecomings and it was tremendous going to see the magnificent marching machine. You know, I didn't know who won the football game, but I knew the band was the joint. We watched them, you know, and it was just fantastic. So college life and what it meant when you got thousands and thousands of African-Americans together, you know, in a, in a joyous um, event and just watching what can be done. 
it, it was no doubt for me. And then I learned more about Alpha Kappa Alpha, of course, when I, you know, got to college and I followed my mother around and, you know, when she was with her chapter, her graduate chapter on service projects, I learned more about what the women were doing. And everything I've done in my life has always been about service to others. So this was just a natural step to want to be a part of Alpha Kappa Alpha. Because for us, it's not just on the college campus, it's lifelong. And you'll see that with all of the um, Divine Nine organizations, which are all the, the Greek letter fraternities, fraternities and sororities. It's lifelong, not just you know the four years on campus. So you, you, you touched on a couple of things. I said, we're, we're going edu to educate the audience. We're going to educate the audience today. Okay. You said the Panhand National Panhandlet was a national. Mm -hmm. and I'm national Panhandlet Council. I didn't want to get it wrong. I didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> the Divine Nine. Mm -hmm. What are those? Because people are probably saying, I don't know what that is. What is yeah. that? What now, is give, us, give, us a, give us a little brief, like, you know, what is the Divine Nine? I know what the Divine Nine is. Sure, of course. The Divine Nine. And what's going on? What's, what's the name? Go ahead. Sure. The Divine Nine originally was called the Elite Eight because they were eight Greek letter organizations for a very long time. Um, Iota, Phi Theta, they didn't join um, Greekdom until um, uh, 1997. And that's when it became, it went from Elite Eight to Divine Nine. But prior to that, and what's really interesting is that you know, you have six of the Greek letter organizations that were founded um, at historically black colleges and universities. Now the first one, Alpha Phi Alpha, they were founded at Cornell, okay, in 1906. And then we came two years later. But then you see after Alphas and, you know, Alpha Phi Alpha and AKAs were founded, then the next 11 years, it was an explosion of the other organizations one after the next, all with very similar uh, missions. Um, and, and then you had the National Panel and the Council. It kind of came together in the 30s. And that is a all of the um, Greek letter fraternities and sororities coming together for a common good. And they're, they're still very strong today. In Baltimore, you have the Baltimore Metropolitan Panhellenic Council. And then you have on national levels, but they're all over the United States. And it's very important. Wow, wow. That, that, thank you for dropping that. I really appreciate mm -hmm. it. Really, there's a lot of audience, like we like said, we want to educate and, and <laughs> give a little, you peek behind the curtain so everybody knows what's going That's on. That's right. That's right. So we talked about the influencer for you, and you, you, you're out the crib, and you got pink and green in your, in your crib, in your, in your room. That's right. And when you went to college, was that like, was that all like a foregone conclusion? Like I'm AK, that's what I'm going. I'm going for that. Or was it like, I could possibly go somewhere else or was it like you were going AK all the way? I was going AK all the way because I have been around them. So okay. I, you know, I, I knew the mission. I was exposed to the, the other organizations and had a, a lot of respect for them, but this was in my heart. And, and I also wanted to go to Morgan because that's where my mother was initiated at Alpha Delta, Alpha Delta chapter. And another little fun fact is that my mother is an Alpha Delta initiate. I am and my daughter 
who was initiated in 2011. So we are a three generation legacy of Alpha Kappa Alphas and Alpha Delta chapter initiates. Wow, wow. Can, and can you give us like a little history of like how you got Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority like started, like just as far as like beginning and like the mission and just, just a little brief, like just, what to, just give the audience a little bit of information. Sure. Let me let me give you the mission first, and then I'll speak about you know the history because we could do a whole day on, on <laughs> the history. But uh, <laughs> but I know your podcasters just want you know they want snippets. But um, Alpha Kappa Alpha's um, sorority incorporated. They were founded on a mission comprised of five basic tenets, and these have remained unchanged since the sorority's inception, and that was 113 years ago as we just celebrated our Founders Day, January 15th. And here are the tenets, to cultivate and encourage high scholastic and ethical standards, to promote unity and friendship among college women, to study and alleviate problems concerning girls and women in order to improve their social structure, to maintain a progressive interest in college life because we were really ingrained in College life education, you'll see that theme the whole 113 years. And lastly, and, and really important, and I'm sure the community has heard us say this a lot, but our mission is to be of service to all mankind, to everyone. Even though we have a focus on you know, women and girls and, and a lot of our programs, but it's really to everyone. Men, we love you. <laughs> We're here to be service to all mankind. And we started, we were founded in 1908, but the year before 1907 is really when, you know, um, our founder, Ethel Hitchman Lyle, got together with some of her classmates to start talking about, you know, forming this organization. And that was on the campus of Howard University. And our original founders, we're, we're nine of them. And then in the next class, there were seven. So 16, we put, we put them together. So we have 16 founders. And then we also have our incorporators. And that's what makes up our, what we call the 20 pearls. Oh. oh. Our, yes. Because they are everlasting and they're, they're, um, they're variable, but, but they're strong. Pearls are strong and, and tightly woven. So our 20 pearls are our founders and our incorporators. So we were founded on the campus of Harvard University, but we were incorporated, and that was January 15th, 1908, but we were incorporated January 29th, 1913. Mm. Mm. The we've been around for 113 years. The pearls, that is a really big thing. Pearls is a real big thing. Because they're elegant, but they're strong. I like it. <laughs> and you always see them in a strand together. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I, like that. I like that. I like that. Dropping those jewels and gems right now. <laughs> taking notes over here right now, folks. I'm taking notes. So, you know, what role did Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Corporate play in the election? What role did you guys go? I know it's a big role. I mean, that's <laughs> the forefront. And I had neighbors and people, and oh, wow, she's a part of the, you know, mm -hmm. part of, of the sorority, and they're out there, you know, and Give us a little, give us a little peek of like what you guys did behind the scenes that you might not be on CBS or NBC or, or all those alphabet places. <laughs> okay, well, let me just say, you know, first and foremost, um, 
we don't endorse any candidates. Okay. That's not what we do. What we've done is, and we've done this from the very beginning, is that we encourage people to register to vote and get out the vote. So it's not enough to just register, but also get out the vote, that push. And that was something that we pushed um, over the last you know, few years under our current administration, which is led by international president, Dr. Glenda Baskin Glover, who is also, I'll give her a plug, um, the president of Tennessee State University. And she's fierce. She is, oh my goodness, she is powerful. But under her, her stealth leadership, she created what's called AKA's Lead. And that's learn, empower, advocate, and decide. So in, in terms of the learning, you know, our job is to go out there through our chapters and to help educate the community about what the issues are that are important to them. And again, you know, we're nonpartisan, so we're not telling you how to vote, or, but learn the issues, whatever is important to you, whatever party affiliation, you know, you belong to. Um, and then empower you to say, get out there and vote, make your voice heard, advocate for yourself, and then decide, what am I going to do? How am I going to vote? How am I going to get there? Okay, so that's what we do. We had a 100-day count to election day, and we were constantly putting out the word, have you voted? Get out the vote. You know, if you need to register, we'll help you, you know, to... Um, to locate a place where you can register, we'll send you the link. You know, if you need a polling place, here's information on where you can find your polling place. But it was a massive push, not only with Alpha Kappa Alpha, but with all the other Divine Nine organizations. And there were plenty of other organizations, um, Sisters um, United, and it, uh, this was a very proud moment, seeing the other Divine Nine sororities come together, but other um, organizations like Jack and Jill, like the Lynx Incorporated. Um, I mean, there were just the Coalition of 100 Black Women. Um, you had the National Council of, Legal, of Negro Women, um, the Girls Friends, Top Ladies of Distinction, Black Women's Roundtable, National Cares Mentoring Movement, the Black Women's um, Agenda. All of these groups coming together with Alpha Kappa Alpha, Delta Sigma Theta, Sigma Gamma Rho, Zeta Phi Beta, and to see the CEOs and presidents of these organizations on webinars talking about the importance of getting, you know, getting out there to vote, registering to vote. And if you've already registered, you make sure that you have five other people registered. And after they're registered, find out, you know, how are they going to get to the polls? because there were some peculiar things happening. <laughs> so we have to make sure that people have the right information, you know, because sometimes there may be misinformation about where polls are located, you know, for early voting versus, you know, day of voting. But we wanted to make sure that the correct information was being shared and people did not feel intimidated. Again, that's how we mobilize. You making my heart just pitter patter, just like I mean, I'm almost I'm about, I'm about to tear up over here because I'm just oh. learning about this and hearing this right now, and this is a lot. It's 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 powerful. It's so powerful, and uh, I'm speechless a little bit right there. But well, we're gonna come right back after these messages, folks, and um, I'm getting myself together, and we'll be right back with Doctor Ringgold. 
The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service, carryout, and delivery, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Harper Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. Kitchen closes at 3 p.m., or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com, and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. And folks, we are back at No Picture Dark Podcast. We're with Miss Dr. Ringo. Dr. Ringo, she's crushing it right here from Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And if you haven't had to heard the first part, you better get your tissues ready, get your heart opened up, because she was bringing the heat. I'm over here sweating. I don't know if it's sweating. <laughs> it. Which one it is. We left off on the voting and helping out and rocking the vote and getting all the people together. And what I wanted to bring in, because I have a pretty big Baltimore audience, and you got, you're from Epsilon Omega chapter in Baltimore. What things yeah. do you guys do to help people get to the polls? Because like you said, there's a lot of funny business going on out here. Mm-hmm. And we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, a lot of my black friends, <laughs> they didn't trust no early voting. <laughs> okay. They trusted, let me go day of and fill my vote because I don't trust the early voting. So right. around, how did you guys help out with the Baltimore community and the beyond of getting people registered and like just saying just for in general so you guys so people can hear the impact you guys made in this community mm-hmm. great question and let me tell you the pandemic all it did was just you know made us think outside the box in terms of how to get in touch with the community because if we weren't in a pandemic you know we would be out there face to face you know talking to people you know boots in the streets but because of the pandemic and we weren't doing the face to face we did a lot of social media contacts. We put a lot of information out there. And those that we knew, we contacted our friends, families. We went through faith-based organizations, our churches, shared the information. Those who needed help in terms of getting to the polls, then we would reach out to ensure that they had transportation to the polls. And we worked the polls also. Mm. And that was one thing that we did. Some of our sorors, you know, showed up at the polls with water bottles because they knew the lines would be long. You know, some of them had snacks, but we wanted to make sure everyone was comfortable. We wanted to make sure that people had the information and they were there. Another thing we did is that we also collaborated with the other chapters in the area. So if it's in the Baltimore area, Epsilon Omega is not here alone. We have other chapters. We have Rosai Omega. We have Upsilon Epsilon Omega, Sci-Fi Omega. So we have these other chapters and all the presidents of those chapters work very well together. So we collaborate a lot. There's strength in numbers. And that's what we do. And so whatever area is not covered, someone else can pick it up. Because our catchment area, for the most part, is on the west side of Baltimore. Mm. But we know that we can call on any one of our sisters and and they will assist and and check in. And we want to make sure that we're making the, the largest impact possible. And that's what we did. And we got the message out and it was impactful. Wow, wow. That, I, lo- I didn't know that there were so many different or different groups in the Baltimore city area. I didn't know that. I just thought you mm-hmm. got ones. 
Yeah. We have 20 chapters within Maryland right now. Wow. Mm-hmm. You now we're everywhere, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna go off a little bit script off script a little bit. Okay. But, um do you guys have a big national conference? I'm like, is there a conference that you guys get together and can compare notes, talk to each other, and just just have a just a good joyous moment of just collaborating and talking and just yeah, I don't is there something you guys have? Let me talk about that. Now on and we talk whenever we talk national, it's it's always international. Okay. So on the international level, um, we have on the even year what's called a boule. And that's when we have our business meeting, you know, and we all come together about the business of the organization. Now, and that's you know, every even year. On the off year, during the odd years, we have what's called a leadership seminar, and that's all workshops and that's retooling making sure that, you know, everyone, all the leadership, and that's usually who attends, mostly, you know, the the leaders of the chapters of the regions, but everyone's invited, but to get retooled certifications, so forth. Now, international level, on the regional level, and we have 10 regions, and they all do um, similar, is that they have a regional conference, and that's every year. And we're coming up on ours, uh, it will be virtual, um, March 4th through the 7th. And so that's every year on the regional level for the North Atlantic region. Now, in the fall, we have what's called cluster meetings. So now the region is broken up into five different geographical areas. And so I belong to cluster one, which is in Maryland. And so we have our own meeting for those who can't get to the regional conferences or the boules or the leadership seminars and then, you know, we have those. We also have leadership summits. So Alpha Kappa Alpha is all about education. It's all about retooling, making sure that we have, you know, um, timely information. We have our, our finger right on the pulse of what's going on. So education and sharing with the membership is it's constant. It's throughout the year. So there's always something for everyone throughout the year. And, and, that's, and that's how we learn. And I look forward to those things. So in this upcoming regional conference, I'll be making presentations about our international programs. Um, so I'll be presenting something during our plenary session. I'll have workshops about our five international target programs. And if I can slip that in there real quick, but um, our um, international program is exemplifying excellence through sustainable service. And all of our international presidents have their own administrative program that lasts for four years. So under Dr. Glover, it's exemplifying excellence through sustainable service. And those five program areas are, and we call them targets, are HBCU for life, this is target one, a call to action. Target two, women's healthcare and wellness. Target three, building your economic legacy target four, the arts, and target five, global impact. And assumed under each of those targets are sub areas. Now, one of the things in our signature program, let me say, is hashtag CAP, which is college admissions process. So we're helping, we wanna reach out to thousands of high school seniors who are ready to matriculate into a college. And we wanna show them how to get through that very awkward college admissions process. 
So we mentor them for a whole year and then make sure that they get in to a college and then we follow them to make sure they graduate. Mm. So for HBCUs, um, our international president's goal, her four-year goal is to raise $10 million for HBCUs. And she gives checks out to HBCUs every year. Now, let me tell you, during that HBCU week, which is in September, she's had also an initiative to raise $1 million in a day for HBCUs. Mm. Three years in a row, Aaron, three years in a row, we've raised well over $1 million in one day for historically black colleges and universities. That's powerful. Powerful. Three years in a row. And when we come up to, you know, this year's, um, you know, $1 million day, we're going to do it four years in a row. And it's always over a million dollars. Because we know that, you know, you know, historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, they need money. That's one of the sustainable, you know, factors for them. They have to have, they, have, they need enrollment and they need to have funding because they've been fighting for that since their existence. Right, right. International, we're, we're now, there's some countries you guys are in. I, I like to, you know. Oh, okay. I mean, Gosh. I heard we're, in, we're in Japan. We're in, in Dubai. We're in South Africa. We're in Germany. We're in Canada. We're in the Bahamas. We're in the Virgin Islands. I know I'm probably missing some, but you know, we're everywhere and, and we're in every state. Mm. So we do have an international presence. And so it's, it's powerful when you see, you know, your sisters coming from the Middle East. You know, it's powerful when you see them coming from, from Germany, Japan, South Africa. It, it's wonderful. That's beautiful. Wow. Wow. It really is. Wow. That, that, that is a beautiful thing. So <clears throat> the major, so you talked about the major initiatives. You, you, I think you briefly talked about the major initiatives about what you guys are going after and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I'm blown away by the part when you talked about you start with college, high school kids and you make sure they get in college, mm -hmm. which I love. That's a great, it sounds like an amazing mentorship program. Mm -hmm. And then you make sure you follow them through college. Yes. And to me, yes, that is very important this day and time. And does the kid have to go to HBCU or can they go to another school and still get mentored? How does that work? Is it through through the hashtag cap? They do not have to go to an HBCU because that's just about the college admissions process. But we also do have a focus on HBCUs. Okay. So so we have both of those now. I, I, again, our signature program not necessarily tied to you have to go to an HBCU. We want to make sure that you get into college, okay. and and that's the important thing, and that you complete. Not just get in, but we want to see you through your matriculation until completion. But we also, Aaron, we also um, focus on middle schoolers as well as high schoolers. Mm. Through our Target 4 program, the arts. And the reason we focus on the arts is because we've seen a depletion of that in the curriculum in the schools. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing is that we're focusing on two movement areas within the arts, the Harlem Renaissance and the black arts movement. Mm. And those are very specific periods of time. So you're talking about twenties, thirties, and then the sixties and the seventies. Okay. But a lot of things happen during those times to move, you know, where we are now. Okay. Because 
you know, how did this Negro movement take place? What was the impetus for that? And that was, you know, during the time when Alpha Kappa Alpha was, Alpha was still in its infancy, you know? The 19th Amendment, when women got the right to vote, that was 1920. Epsilon Omega was um, chartered the year after in 1921. Mm. So a lot of key things were happening in the United States that, you know, that really called for some attention and so it was really important that we educate, again, it's back to education, educate ourselves. And just to let you know, all of our founders were, were steeped in education. They were educators when they graduated, mm, mm. you know, and not, and I don't believe just because, you know, they tended to kind of move women in that realm, but they, this was what they did and they loved it. And when you look at our program calendar, it, it runs on an academic year almost because we have what we call community impact days and they start in August and they run through June. And as a higher education, you know, administrator myself, I live on an academic year, you know, is it fall semester? Is it winter? Is it, you know, spring? Is it summer? I love it. But, but these are important things. So yes, we want to, you know, reach out to, um, to middle schoolers, to high schoolers, to expose them to Harlem Renaissance Black Arts Movement. Um, that's important. Again, educating. We want to educate women about um, breast cancer awareness, about heart health. Nutrition for life is a part of that target to women's health care and wellness, as well as a focus on caring for the caregivers. That's another one of our sub-focuses. Because a lot of times we know that Caregivers, they may go before the ones that they're caring for because they're stressed, they're not taking care of themselves. All their attention is going on, you know, the person who they're taking care of. But we want to take time out to educate them about self-care and awareness, hmm. how to take care of themselves and to celebrate themselves because it's hard work. There now, are a lot of caregivers out there. Now, what I really like what you said about going to middle school and teaching her. Mm -hmm. I think back at my childhood, and I was lucky enough with my parents who were like, you got to learn this on your own. <clears throat> you're not going to learn this in school. And yeah. let's be honest. It, I mean, I, I know it's in the Maryland curriculum, but what I'm saying is Black History mm -hmm. is here. Okay, well, cool. But mm -hmm. what do you learn about Black History 365 days of the year? Because it's American history, okay? And I That's always right. believe it should be incorporated in everything we do. You learn about one person, and you learn about a black person because, like I said, we are part of American history. We are American history, okay? Mm -hmm. And I look at it, and I like that you're talking about that because a lot of kids are not exposed to that, and they don't know that. And that middle school is a perfect time to reach out to these kids and, and talk with them. And I, I, that really makes me heart warm to hear about that. I like that. Oh, we really want to do that. I mean, and we're doing it Th throughout the North Atlantic region. Um, I can speak to that in particular because, you know, that's my area, but I know internationally, our chapters, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated is making a huge impact on the middle schoolers and the high schoolers in terms of their knowledge about, you know, who were those movers and shakers during that Harlem Renaissance movement? Who were those movers and shakers during the black arts movement? And so the arts, you know, it's visual performing. So we're looking at all gamuts of the arts. And that, that is very important. Is there something you guys do with, and I always say this because in the black community, we always talk about this. Mm -hmm. about educating about 
finances. Do we have anything out there that you guys have about finances? Because I feel like a lot of people don't understand finances. It's something that was taboo talked about growing up. But, you know, understanding what a credit card is, understanding the bet checks and balances. You know, we don't write checks anymore, but <laughs> cards. we got things that, you know, the same place. Are you guys educating the young people about that? Because I think we really miss out generational, about generational wealth, generation things. That, do you guys have any programs for that? Oh, you've hit it right on the head. Yes. Through our target three, which is building your economic legacy, our sub areas there are personal financial planning and asset accumulation. Hmm. Not just getting the money, but how do you make it accumulate? Okay. And so we have to have generational wealth and you hit it right on the head. We talk about um, another sub area, credit card, I mean, credit repair and monitoring. So not just repairing, you know, credit that has fallen a bit, but how do you monitor it to make sure one, that there's no identity theft, that you're keeping up with, you know, the proper level of credit, how to read that FICO score. Mm. What does that mean? You know, how are the creditors reading that? That's important. Also very important is entrepreneurship and what we call Black Dollar 365. That means we need to support our minority businesses 365 days of the year. During leap year, 366, okay? <laughs> so we wanna make sure that we, we support. So everything that we do, um, Epson Omega just had our Founders Day on February 6th where we celebrated you know, our centennial. And, but what we did because we couldn't you know, have a big banquet like we usually do, we sent out a vendor list of all the um, black caterers and restaurants in the area. And we told everyone, if you're gonna order food today, order from one of these vendors, these restaurants, that's putting money back into the community, back into our you know, minority entrepreneurs. So we wanna support that Black Dollar 365. And in the North Atlantic region, to date, we have spent since 2018 when this program began, we spent over $2 million you know, on black businesses mm. in the North Atlantic region. So you know, internationally, it's millions and millions of dollars, but we have to be, it, it shouldn't be so conscious. It should be second nature that we do that. And that's what we want people to do is to investigate a little further. Who are we supporting and make sure that we lend them a hand first. I love that. I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Absolutely. Switching a little bit, can you become a member of Alpha Cap Alpha Sorority Incorporated after graduating from college? And, and yes, you can, but you have to be selected. It's by invitation only. Okay. Uh oh. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sorry, Aaron. Yeah. So, so a woman can't walk in and say, hey, I want to be a part of this organization. It doesn't work that way, huh? No, it does not work that way. And even on our, um, our international website, aka um, 1908.com, there is a public facing that will also share that information that, you know, as an undergraduate, you can present yourself, you know, to the undergraduate chapter and say, you know, I would like to be a part of this. And, you know, and then the process, you know, moves as, you know, interview and so forth. At the graduate level, you have to be invited mm. by the graduate chapter. So then you would, you know, some people would say, well, then how do I, you know, make myself known? Well, what a lot of um, interested persons 
participate in service projects alongside with us. And that's one of the things that we really encourage the community to do is to work with us. We're not just there working solo. We invite the community. If we're going to be restoring a park, come join us. This is, you know, this is your park for your children. Work alongside of us. And wherever we go, we want to make an impact. And, you know, just kind of circling back to when we have international um, conferences, we make sure that whatever city that that conference is being held in, that we leave a, a real visible mark on that city in terms of restoring, bringing money in. But it's something that we're going to restore and renew so that when we leave, they say, wow, the AKAs did that. Look what they did. We thought this area was, you know, was a foregone, you know, loss and they just turned it around. And I really love that part, rolling up the sleeves, you know, getting in there, doing that work because if it's hands on, I'm all in. I love it. Now, I'm going to, I don't know if I can answer, answer, I don't know if you can answer this question. Okay. I don't know if you can answer this question, but undergrad. Yes. You have to maintain the academic standing being the sorority. Yes. Okay. I, I, I just didn't know. I, I just and, and I'll just say that, yes. And, and let me tell you why. It goes back to education. Okay. Because you're coming to that institution, you know, to learn and to be a student first. Same thing for athletes. You have to maintain, you know, a certain, you know, grade point average in order to remain a viable student. And for most institutions, um, and, and I'll speak to public, you have to have at least a 2.0 to even graduate. So if your GPA falls below that because you're doing other extracurricular activities, then you have failed your purpose for even attending that institution. So we want our, um, our members to, to be educated women. We want them to have a good um, experience at the university, um, at the college. So education first, then, you know, the extracurricular activities second. I, I will always laugh because I uh, I remember um, in college <laughs> I ran into was we had um we had this place at Syracuse University called the Shine Center. Mm-hmm. It was a place where all like the Divine Nine, all everybody showed up, and that was a big party. <laughs> I remember I always remember because I didn't really know too much about my older sister is a Delta, so okay, she about things and whatnot. Great, and um. And uh, it was funny. Everybody's having a good time, and everybody starts strolling. So I remember when my, this is my freshman year, and I see one of my friends. He's like, he he never seen a sorority. He was like, and, and it's a cardinal sin. <laughs> cardinal sin. I'm about to tell y'all. Uh oh. They were strolling on their line, doing it, the thing around around the party, and my friend jumped in. Oh no! <laughs> and he thought that it was a really pretty woman there, and thought you know. And I remember they pushed. <laughs> he flew. He flew across the room. <laughs> that was so quick. You heard my reaction, right? <laughs> that did not go well. I'm sure. It was. It was. It was just. It was comical for us. But we knew it was serious. But I just right. remember that that was the highlight of the parties was seeing all these beautiful black attorney stories and the Latina stories and Latinos and just everybody's doing their thing and strolling and the pride and just the joyfulness and. When oh you did it, it was like people came down from Cornell, Ithaca, <laughs> Albany, you know, all, it was just like a one big party of just sororities, fraternities, and it was just 
love. And I was like, this is what it's all about. I mean, just that was just a snippet of it. But I just, it was like um, um, amazing. I loved seeing that. It was always, and we used to do, a, uh, they used to stomp the yard one day and everybody go in the yard and, you know, and we called the quad. And they would just do, the, I mean, yeah, yes. it was just so much pride. And everybody was so happy. And so, and people who are in, in fraternity stories, they would just show up because they just loved, they just wanted to support. They just wanted to be like, this Absolutely. is what Everybody wants to see that. I mean, that's homecoming. You know, it's like, you know, the game, you have halftime, but then it's like, okay, where's everyone going to step? And then you move, you know, from, and I did it too, you know, after we finished stepping, I wanted to see what the Deltas were doing, what the Qs were doing, you know, because I had, you know, two cousins that were Deltas, my friends were Deltas, supported them, my brothers were Qs, supported them, I wanted to go see what, but we all supported each other and they would come see us, even though we were doing it at the same time. Everyone will make their way to see everyone else. And we love traveling to different schools to support the schools. And I, I love it. I love that. That's my prize, my first memories of that. And I just was like, wow, this is just a beautiful thing. And I just the love, as you said. Really lovely. It is. So let's wrap this big thing in a bow. Um, when is there something you want to share with our audience, a lasting memory? Because we might have to do a part two and get more in depth. We might have <laughs> is there anything else you would like to share about Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority? Um, with Epsilon Omega chapter for the, for the listeners in Baltimore and beyond. What would you want to share last? Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll go into my fun part of the, of the question there. Go ahead. Okay, no problem. Let me just say that for Epsilon Omega, and, and I've shared this at the top of the, um, the conversation, this is our centennial year. So what we're doing this entire year, our actual chartering was December 2nd, 1921. But for the entire year, Every month, we're going to host a major event because we're trying to raise um, a minimum of $100,000. And a portion of that money is going to our four historically Black colleges and universities in Maryland. That's Bowie State University, Coppin State University, Morgan State University, and the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Hmm. We were very fortunate to have all four of those presidents, you know, representing those institutions to be a part of our Founders Day event on February 6th, where they, you know, congratulate Epsilon Omega on its centennial. But then we also gave them an opportunity to share a little bit about their institutions. Again, hashtag CAP, we're trying to get these students in there, supporting the HBCUs, and also collecting, you know, the funds, you know, from, you know, donations. So if you're listening, donate to Ivies and Pearls for Excellence Incorporated, that's our foundation for Epsilon Omega, okay? And you can go on epsilonomega.org. That's our website. And click on the foundation link. And you can donate because it's going to an HBCU. And you can designate which HBCU, or you can just give us, you know, the, the funds and say designate to whichever or divide it up among the four. But we're working hard to do that. We want to make that impact you know, back to those institutions. So Epsilon Omega, 100 years old, celebrating all year long. I mean, very proud. And I will, when this podcast comes out, there will be links to everything. Links to, to, to your, to the page. Wonderful. To, all to, the, to their websites, social media sites, and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. all right. So now this is, I call the speed round. Oh, speed round. Okay. <laughs> you, know, you were sweating third. Now we're going to the part where we're gonna let our hair down a little bit and just, just okay. go, go ahead. All right, Great. who is your favorite author? Maya Angelou. Okay. Who is your favorite music artist? 
Whitney Houston. All right. Who has the best crab cake in Baltimore? Oh, <laughs> hands down, Moe's Fisherman's Wharf in a harbor. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's always a controversial one. It's always controversial. I know. Look. <laughs> what is the best advice you've ever received? Rejection is God's protection. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. Tell us where we can find Alpha Calpha Alpha, Incorporated, Epsilon, Mega, on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we also have our website. But we're on all those platforms. If you put in Epsilon Omega, you will find us. And look for um, our Centennial logo. It, it will have Alpha Kappa Alpha with 100 and Epsilon Omega over top. Folks, go support, educate, learn. This has been an amazing interview, an amazing interview. And I'm, I'm honored to have you on the show. When I reached out, I'm just, I was so excited to have you on. And you, you know, you, you brought the heat. I went to church. I need to put <laughs> some parts right now because I'm just, it was really, really inspirational. I learned new about cap now. I know about cap and that's something I just, mm -hmm. maybe we can talk about that one day and just have a conversation about that because I, I really think that's very important. And it mm -hmm. means so much to, I think for education going forward and you dealing with middle school students and Absolutely. That, 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 that's our future. And then you talk about, was it target two or three about the financial, right? Was it two or target three, three. Mm -hmm. building your economic legacy. Mm -hmm. That is so important. That is so important in this day and age. I mean, just in the, in the pandemic and stuff like that with people, mm -hmm. jobs and stuff like that. But I really appreciate you coming on and just, just doing an amazing time. I, I've learned a lot. I know my listeners learn a lot. Anything else you want to say before we go? Anything else? Well, I just want to say it's been my pleasure to be on No Picks After Dark podcast with Aaron Dante. Hey, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And uh, folks, this is, we, this, is, this is me closing out Women's History Month with a bang. Bang. Okay. Can't get any better than this. Love, peace, and happiness. We're out, folks. <laughs>